Hey there, friends. It's Phil, and it's episode 11 of Grow It. And today, we're going to talk about the smell of bananas. So this this little episode takes me back to... Um, there's two moments. Um, and I don't know why I'm remembering it now. I think I'm remembering it now because, and it's January the 29th, um, 2021. I think I'm going back to a memory of having the, let's say, one of the vans, because at, at one point there were about seven vans, seven lawn plan vans rat arsing its way around London, looking after around about 900 lawns. But I think it goes back to um, a time when the 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 vans would have been kind of relatively clean and dry. Now, this not say over the winter period you've got um, a van that is clean and dry all the time, but there were occasions in winter when uh, the kit's dry, the van's dry, and and everything's kind of in good order and um yeah the van the van in itself and if you ever go into a lawn specialist's van um it has a really distinct smell and um there's two smells that i'll um i'll bring you or i'll bring to your attention and and one was actually uh <laughs> one was uh, and obviously this podcast is about the smell of bananas, but there was one podcast where I actually, I had a client that was in, um, I've got a feeling was kind of in central London somewhere, um, around about Labgrovy kind of area. A, kind, a guy, I believe from memory, and I will name him, um, a guy called Mr. Silver. Um, and he... He had this most extraordinary um, house in Labrador Grove, where on the outside it was like a typical Labrador Grove townhouse. So it was, it was relatively narrow, probably around about five meters wide. Um, it was in the middle of a, a, a London terrace. It was three floors high and had a basement. And um, he. He was he was a really fanatical guy. Every time we went round there, he was really really cool. He was really really fanatical about what we were doing. He was, I think, he worked for a, an investment bank. Um, he was the managing director of an investment bank. Can't remember something something capital. Um, but he got us in to um, install a new lawn in his back garden. And let's say the lawn was, I don't know, around about probably twenty five square meters, not very big in anyone's mind and actually looking at it i and all we you know we got to know i think his name was philip silver actually and maybe that's just coincident but he um it looks like every year he put in a new lawn because the the garden was 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 fantastic it was like a you know a terrace a london terrace garden and um yeah not very big but overhanging trees on every side so at the start of a season i we were putting in a lawn around about this time of year at the start of the season um the lawn would settle in it would be installed and it would grow relatively successful and he had a small lawn mower and looked after it um 
And I think as the tree canopies developed over time, over the season, the garden then became very, very shady. And what happened quite quickly, and I think it was partly to do with the cutting regime as well, was that the, the, the grass kind of deteriorated. And I think to some extent it was really worn, it was really used, and it kind of like, it, it, it just was, was, was knackered by the end of the season. So every season, um, certainly we did it for a number of years, every season he'd put in a new lawn. 25 square metres, pretty easy to do. Um, but there's, oh, just to give you a little bit more about the, the, the journey is that in, to get the lawn in, we had to go in through the house, down through the basement, and then back up onto the area that was going to be the grass. Now, he had the most spectacular art collection in his basement. I mean, I think there were um, a little collection of Picassos in there. There were definitely some really, really spectacular artworks, and I think there were Picassos. Um, I only know that because when I went and met him the first time and did the assessment, I went through the basement and saw the artworks and said, oh, wow, this is fantastic. And he said, yeah, you know, he was very, he was very, um, very gracious with his, let's say, his wealth. And he just said, yeah, beautiful, isn't it? And, and, and introduced me to various bits and pieces. Now, here's the thing, right, is that um, when, when we actually got to put the lawn in, he had had a, a joiner in before us to put in a corridor through the basement, which, you know, on reflection was absolutely the right thing to do. And at the time I went, wow, that is incredible preparation. So consider this, over a number of years we did this, this turf installation, but to look after the artwork, to look after the basement, he got someone in to build a corridor through the basement gallery kind of thing which was a massive investment for a piece of you know 25 square meters of turf you're looking at i don't know 100 quid of materials um but the preparation was always the same with us it was always absolutely meticulous preparation of the root zone um, importing some brand new uh, loams that help the lawn kind of get growing pretty quickly and get the roots down pretty quickly and kind of survive as well as it could and then we always used to use a grass supplier i think they were called county turf um and we used this particular grass type that was used on sports fields um but yeah yeah so so yeah we so the basement went through the basement in through this corridor and installed these lawns every year and then and then he would look after them and he'd call us back from time to time to do some some re remedial treatment and then every year i think it was every year for quite a number of years um we'd be replacing the lawn but here's the thing one day <laughs> he said to me he said um he said oh phil can you give us a lift down the road and and i said yeah yeah, yeah. i said look you know i said you are getting into a you know a tradesman van this is a you know we are lawn specialists and this is it's going to be a bit a bit dusty and grubby for for you you know uh, an investment banker and um, he said, oh, that's awesome. So I, I said, it'll be quite exciting. And I went, well, God, there's levels of excitement that I could talk about and levels of excitement that I, I wouldn't talk about. But this say, he got in the van and he sat next to me. And uh, it, and in the front of the van at the time, there was um, an old jerry can 
I don't know why I had a jerry can in the front of the van, but it was there anyway. And um, it was only when he got into the van that I went, God, it really stinks in here today, doesn't it? Um, and I guess that was my own sort of embarrassment for what was an alien environment and introducing a customer to that kind of alien environment. Um, but he turned to me and he said, God, this smells like a bomber's van. And I, <laughs> and for the life of me, I went, how can you possibly call it a bomber's van? I mean, you know, I think it's like the thing is there was a smell of petrol. There was the smell of uh, chemicals, which are, you know, turf uh, fertilizers and stuff. There was a smell of grass and there was a smell of machinery. It just, you know, it, it maybe it smelt like, um, you know, if you ever went to the museum or somewhere like that and hung around the tanks, you'd get this kind of sense of oil, petrol, diesel, kind of that sort of thing. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that, that he reminded me of this this time when someone told me the van smelt of a particular experience of theirs. Um, but yeah, I never I never forget him. He was really really cool, and he and he paid us really really well to do the job, and he paid us really really efficiently on time. If not, in some cases, he just he just threw money into the account and said, "You do it when you can when you can get round to it." I also do remember that the parking restrictions there were hideous. And all we could do was basically park up and get parking tickets. Um, but he covered all the parking tickets, and I think they were about 120 quid a day uh, to park outside. We were only there for a day and a half, so not, not a huge expense. But the other thing is, so so mulling through that kind of memory of the smell of the van, the other thing is, and I don't know whether you've ever experienced this, is uh, the lawn, uh, a, a freshly cut lawn, particularly in say early spring early summer which we're only kind of you know we're weeks away from it now um the smell would smell of banana skins i'm telling you the smell of banana skins is what freshly cut grass smells like now you may think no it doesn't feel it smells of grass but the thing is is like um, freshly cut grass, almost like aerated grass, i.e. grass that's in the back of the van or, or maybe slightly slightly going off. So you know like a banana skin, right? You know when you peel the banana skin and you leave it for a, a few hours or maybe if you leave a banana to go off, you know it gets that really pungent, really quite acute banana-y smell. You know the, the kind of banana-y smell that you should you have when you have bananas that you use for banana cake, right? It was that kind of banana-y smell. Now, I don't know whether the banana-y smell is, it's definitely a top a top note. So, you know, within fragrances, you've got top note, middle note, and the kind of the outlying tones. But it was definitely a top note because there wasn't much depth to um, the banana-y smell. But I think the, the banana-y smell is just another smell that's very very cute when it comes to looking after turf and looking after it well um you get used to all these kind of fine sort of um idiocratic idiosyncrasies within within that this this turf world um that i live in so um yeah i, I guess um i guess it's just fascinating you know it's like the thing is Yesterday's podcast, I talked about sound and how, um, so podcast 10, I talked about the sound of a lawnmower um, and how you know that a lawnmower blade 
is sharper by listening to the sound of the engine because a blunter blade runs the engine slower or puts more strain on the engine. It's really marginal, but you can hear it with a, if you cut lawns all day long, you can hear it when you're working with blunt blades. But similarly, it is the other senses that are very, very dominant, um, particularly during the, the period coming into spring and into summer, is all of the other fragrances that you get around uh, turf, grass, lawn maintenance. But look, I'm, uh, I have to say that my kids also really, really kind of like used to love the smell of the vans. I don't know why. Um, I think it's kind of like familiar. It's a trust, a trusting smell. It's reassuring. It's kind of there each and every year. So it's kind of like a footnote or a, 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 a smell footnote uh, to the year. Every year you can expect that smell to be coming into the vans and you can probably expect that smell to be coming into your shed if if you try and smell it if you try and become aware and conscious of um what you're doing more than just cutting the grass if you're looking after your lawn if you're looking after that pitch or that patch of ground is the more you become conscious of what you're doing and how you're doing it and how consciously you are doing it. You're not just cutting the lawn. You're not just boshing out a bit of feed. You're not just dropping a bit of grass seed on. When you're actually maintaining something year on year on year on year, you start to get very familiar with what you expect. And you start to benchmark that, really. This is what I expect this time of year. This time of year, particularly, so 19th of January, is a very, very neutral time of year very very neutral but i know that we are only weeks away from some of these other very distinct smells coming through anyway look that's all for today enjoy your bananas and enjoy your artwork and be careful with <laughs> petrol in vans that's another story for another day anyway i'm phil this is grow it Thanks for listening. Take care. See ya.